The following CME activity features content presented by James Chisin Yang, MD, PhD, and Johan van Steenkist, MD, PhD. These excerpts are part of a certified educational activity titled Practice Challenges in NSCLC Cases Clarifying First Line Strategies for Advanced EGFR Mutated Disease. To access the entire activity and complete the post test, Please go online to www.peercme.com forward slash QDJ. A printable transcript, slides, and other features are also available. This activity is supported by an educational grant from AstraZeneca. Hi, this is James Yang from the Graduate Institute of Oncology, National Taiwan University. Welcome to this educational activity on EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer. This presentation will discuss patient and treatment considerations for first-line therapy. Let's go to the patient. This is a 63-year-old man in 2013. He presented with dyspnea and cough and right perfusion. He is a never smoker, a retired businessman, and he has a ECOG performance status of 1. In his life, he had no other prior systemic disease. He's perfectly healthy, and he was not on any medications. Our examinations show that the perfusion was positive for non-small cell lung cancer, adenocarcinoma. In the CT scan, we see several small nodules along the pleural surface, as well as some lung tumors found in left lower lobe. The stage was clinical stage T4 and 1 and M1, stage 4A. We tapped the fluid and sent out for molecular diagnosis, which showed EGFR exon 19 deletion, a very common mutation, and no other mutations. And the ESMO guidelines 2018, there are several choices for the first-line treatment of the advanced non-small cell lung cancer with EGFR mutations, especially common EGFR mutations. For performance status of 0 to 2, you can use gefitinib, elotinib, afatinib, or dacometinib, as well as osimertinib. That's evidence 1A. These are first and second and third generation EGFR tyrosine kinase inhibitors. Obviously, in 2013, there wasn't so many choices. The choices were only gefitinib, elotinib, and afatinib at that time but the patient did have the chance to enter a clinical trial using osimertinib. So for this patient, he did not have any CNS metastasis. For patients who had CNS metastasis, obviously we want to have a drug that can penetrate problem barrier and control the CNS metastasis or prevent other CNS metastasis from progression. The other factor to be considered is performance status. Although these drugs all work similarly, the tolerability of the drugs are very different. For good performance status patients, obviously can choose the drugs with side effects, but for poor performance patients, probably we will try to avoid drugs that will give patients higher side effects, such as severe diarrhea or drugs that will cause other complications. Other than that, we want to compare these different EGFR tyrosine kinase inhibitors on their performance on progression-free survival time and ultimate overall survival time. 
So after the patient was diagnosed with stage 4 non-small cell lung cancer with EGFR mutation, we discussed treatment, the standard of care, choices of gefitinib, elotinib, or afatinib. All these drugs can give him a median progression-free survival time of roughly one year. However, we know that half of these patients after progression will develop a resistant mutation of T79EM. The other half would have no other resistant mechanism known and need to receive chemotherapy. At that time, experimental therapy of osimertinib was available and the activity on T79EM was proven in the second-line setting. Therefore, we discussed with the patient whether he wants to use osimertinib as a first-line therapy with a higher chance to gain a longer progression-free survival time. The other consideration was that osimertinib do not inhibit wild-type EGFR and had very few side effects compared to other EGFR tyrosine kinase inhibitors. The patient was willing to accept this. Although we want to compare overall survival, this endpoint usually cannot be reached from many phase 3 studies because of a lot of crossover after these patients received first-line treatment. Therefore, progression-free survival time seems to be a pretty valid endpoint for many of these phase 3 studies. So what is the data of all these tyrosine kinase inhibitors in terms of progression-free survival time? The FLORA study is a pivotal study comparing osimertinib versus gefitinib or elotinib. The progression-free survival times for osimertinib is 18.9 months versus 10.2 months. The hazard ratio is 0.46, highly statistical significant. For dacometinib, the progression-free survival time was shorter at 14.7 months. And for the other studies using fatinib, gefitinib, or elotinib, the progression-free survival time was around 10 months. If you add chemotherapy to gefitinib, you can reach a progression-free survival time up to 20.9 months. However, chemotherapy will hamper the quality of life. There is also a phase 3 study showing that adding bevacizumab to elotinib, you can improve the progression-free survival time up to 16.9 months. Therefore, if you want to use a single-agent monotherapy, not to use chemotherapy, not to use bevacizumab, probably osimertinib can provide you the best chance to gain a good progression-free survival time versus the other tyrosine kinase inhibitors. Overall survival time analysis from the FLORA study is still premature and not statistically significant because of the small number of patients that had event. Therefore, we are still waiting for follow-up. The response rate for patients who receive osimertinib or gefitinib or elotinib were similar, although osimertinib seems to be a little bit higher at 80%, but the disease control rate was 97%. Therefore, highly likely that all patients will be controlled with osimertinib, whereas in the standard of care, the best response is disease control rate at 92%. The side effect profile for gefitinib, elotinib, afatinib, and dacometinib is shown in this slide. As you can see, many of the patients had grade 3 skin rash or diarrhea, especially with the second-generation EGFR tyrosine kinase inhibitor, afatinib, and dacometinib. Therefore, many of these patients need to dose reduce.
But when we look at the side effect profile for osimertinib in the floor study, you can appreciate that the grade 3 side effects are very little. One side effect I need to mention is QT prolongation and interstitial lung fibrosis. We did see some patients who had these side effects, but the number were very, very small. Some patients do develop a very minor white blood count drop, and this is not considered clinically relevant because usually it's very, very shallow. This patient received osimertinib and had a good response. His dyspnea and cough diminished right after osimertinib treatment, and he had very good tolerability. He had only a little bit left cramping or decaria. We don't know whether that's related to the drug. As you can see, six weeks after patient received the drug, the tumor regressed and the proeffusion disappeared. Only a tiny proeffusion can be observed in the scans. This patient received brain CT scans regularly because he has EGFR mutation and EGFR mutation positive patients are prone to develop brain metastasis. Unfortunately, after more than four years, he developed new small tiny nodules, multiple brain metastases shown here. Then he had whole brain radiation. The patient, after discussing with the physician, decided that he wanted to continue osimertinib after brain radiation instead of switching to second-line chemotherapy. The reasons being that osimertinib do have some activity in the brain, and we know that chemotherapy is not very good in the control of the brain metastasis. So this patient had regular CT scans of the body, and he had persistent response after more than four years of treatment. In the FLOR study, there was a post-progression analysis for patients who received osimertinib in the first-line treatment. After they progress, they can discuss with the physician whether they want to continue on with osimertinib. And that time was also captured. We call it progression-free survival 2. These are the post-hoc analysis which definitely show that using osimertinib can prolong chemotherapy-free time. So in summary, osimertinib can be considered as a first-line treatment for EGFR mutant-positive patient based on superior progression-free survival time, side effect profile, and possibility of treatment beyond progression. This 63-year-old patient had a persistent response and good quality of life and enjoyed his life without side effects and was almost disease-free for four years and nine months. The overall survival of first-line osimertinib treatment in flora is not mature yet. The resistant mechanisms for osimertinib as a first-line are gradually disclosed. In future studies, directions will be based on these findings. Hello, this is Johan van Steenkiste, respiratory oncologist from the University Hospital and Catholic University of Leuven in Belgium. Welcome to this educational activity on EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer. In my presentation, I will discuss treatment considerations for first-line therapy in a patient with EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer and CNS metastasis. That's clinically a quite important problem as patients with a tumor with EGFR mutations are vulnerable for brain metastasis. At the time of diagnosis, in contrast with EGFR wild-type patients, there are more patients that already have brain metastasis. 
and at least half of the patients with an EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer actually develop brain metastasis during the course of their disease. Now I will present a 61-year-old male patient. He's a light smoker, five pack years, and is a teacher. He presents with symptoms of right-sided pneumonia, tough fever, slight dyspnea, slight fatigue, but no other constitutional symptoms, and no neurological symptoms. Performance status is one. In his history, there is diabetes mellitus for several years, and he's treated with insulin. Aside from that, he's having aspirin 80 milligrams per day. This patient, CT scan, shows diffuse infiltrative lesions in the right lung, with one clearly more solid in the right lower lobe. At bronchoscopy, there are no macroscopic abnormalities, but biopsies taken by EBUS guidance reveal adenocarcinoma, predominantly lipidic. Further staging workup with PET-CT scan reveals clear FDG uptake in the right lower lobe lesions. Moreover, there is faint uptake in several smaller lesions in the right lung, and there are several FDG-positive lesions in the liver and abdominal lymph nodes. The brain imaging shows multiple, at least six small brain metastases, both infra as well as supratentorial. There's no edema. Molecular testing shows an EGFR mutation, a deletion in exon 19. For patients with EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer, in general, the ESMO treatment guidelines recommended treatments are first-line TKI, gefitinib, erlotinib, afatinib, dacomitinib, ozimertinib, and chemotherapy plus gefitinib. But in a patient with CNS metastasis, we have to look at the number of brain metastasis, their location, their size, and also, if the patient is symptomatic from his brain disease, we like to avoid whole brain radiotherapy. Stereotactic radiotherapy is a much better option. If the patient has a smaller number of brain metastases, however, some locations in the CNS are not amenable to stereotactic radiotherapy if they are very close to critical structures. If the patient has major symptoms from the CNS metastasis, we will be more inclined to give radiotherapy and TKI rather than TKI alone. If the patient has no symptoms, there is some window of opportunity to treat with a TKI. Looking at the treatments proposed in the ESMO guidelines, there is some CNS activity with gefitinib and erlotinib, better with afatinib and dacomitinib, but certainly the best one there is ozimertinib. We don't know about dacomitinib. These are only preclinical data from before the phase three clinical trial versus gefitinib because the Archer trial did not allow patients with CNS metastasis to be included. So with this data, we discussed the patient at our multidisciplinary tumor board. The obvious question is always, does the patient need radiotherapy as well? And there are a lot of different factors that influence the decision. We did not choose for cranial radiotherapy because the patient had no neurological symptoms. The number of lesions in our institute and certainly in many others would require whole brain radiotherapy. And we know there are some concerns with that therapy in terms of neurological function and quality of life, certainly in long-term survival, as many of these patients with EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer are.
We didn't use corticosteroids because there was no edema, and that was happy because the patient had diabetes. And so we started ozimertinib, 80 milligrams per day. So why did we choose ozimertinib over other TKIs and before or instead of whole brain radiotherapy in this patient? Well, the data I told you about the ARCHER trial that did not include patients with CNS metastasis, so it's difficult to make a judgment about dacomitinib. For afatinib, in the LUXLUNG3 trial, there was a significant BFS benefit for afatinib versus chemotherapy in the group of patients without brain metastasis. In the group with brain metastasis, however, there was no significance when the logarang test was applied. In contrast, in Aura 3, a phase 3 trial comparing ozimertinib also with platinum-based chemotherapy in patients that failed on a previous TKI and had the T790M resistance mutation. Patients with CNS metastasis had a very strong hazard ratio 0.32 that was clearly significant and in favor of ozimertinib. In that FLORA trial, there was a prospectively defined specific analysis on CNS progression-free survival. That's the only phase 3 trial that had a really predefined endpoint in CNS analysis. What we noted is that the progression-free survival, looking at the CNS only, was significantly in favor of ozimertinib versus gefitinib or erlotinib. Looking at the overall response rate in the CNS in the patients with standard of care was 43%. In the patients treated with ozimertinib, it was 66%. Most of the patients with EGFR mutated non-small cell lung cancer have small brain metastasis as the patient that I presented. So you cannot measure them according to rhesus. But in the smaller set that had measurable brain lesions, meaning more than one centimeter, the overall response rate with standard of care TKI was 68%, ozimertinib 91%. As I discussed in the beginning, these patients are also vulnerable to develop brain metastasis during the course of their disease. And so a kind of preventive strategy would be welcome the risks for a patient in the FLORA trial was not only CNS progression, but it was overall progression outside of the CNS. You see that the development of CNS progression over time was clearly lower with ozimertinib than it was with standard EGFR TKIs such as gefitinib or erlotinib. What about the safety profile? In FLORA, where the comparison was made between ozimertinib and gefitinib erlotinib, which were already well-tolerated drugs, you see that the adverse event profile is even slightly in favor of ozimertinib because there is less discontinuation of therapy and less dose reduction in comparison with standard-of-care TKIs. Of course, there are some side effects. Some patients have some grade 1 and 2 skin side effects, and these are managed usually by local skin therapies. Some patients have a slight degree of diarrhea, and there we give loperamide as a treatment. A few patients, rather rare, have a prolonged QT interval of the electrocardiogram. So it's always wise to have a baseline ECG before you start a TKI, and that's the case with all TKIs. So what happens to our patient? We saw him back at one month 
because we were rather concerned about his brain imaging. The patient was feeling better. The cuff was substantially better. The tolerance of ozimertinib was fine. Dry skin, no other side effects. And the early repeat brain imaging at that time already showed a good response of all lesions. At three months, the patient was free of symptoms, started teaching again, was living well, had a partial response in lung and liver lesions, and had a normal brain CT. If TKI therapy is successful for the CNS metastasis, in general, the aim is to defer the radiotherapy as long as possible. Of course, if the evolution on the CT scan is unfavorable or if the patient has important CNS metastasis that are inducing quite a lot of symptoms, uh, probably radiotherapy needs to be inserted earlier. So in summary... This patient with EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer with CNS metastasis was treated with ozimertinib 80 milligrams per day, and this resulted in good CNS efficacy with already improvement on the brain CT scan one month later and normalization of the brain CT scan at three months and good tolerability with few side effects. With TKI therapy, this patient was able to defer the requirement for whole brain radiotherapy. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for participating in this peer CME educational activity. To obtain your CME certificate, complete the required post-test and evaluation form.